Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. This morning, I want to share some things from my heart. Kind of go a little pastoral on you, not postal. <laughs> kind of pastoral, share some, some things in that regard. You know, there's, I think about us as Christians in the church and the kingdom of God and, and all of the things that we face. And the reality is there's no easy button in the kingdom. You know, we'd love to push that easy button, wouldn't we? It's just, it's just not there. And understanding when we become Christians, uh, sometimes our hope is, God, you finally, you're here to rescue me. And now I've got this easy button called God, and I can just push that anytime I want, and everything will be fine. The reality is we go through things. We go through challenges. But the fact is that he's going through those with us. And, and that's the good thing. And uh, this morning I want to talk to you about unity for a common cause. And uh, I was looking back at effectively modeling a New Testament church in the sense of this. And looking at some scripture in regards to unity. And, you know, that's a challenging word when it comes to Christians and believers in, in the local church. Unity. And it's a tough word sometimes to, to see really come to fruition. I want to start just by reading a portion of scripture out of Ephesians chapter 4, starting verse 11. And uh, this portion of scripture is probably familiar to many people, but I want to touch on a portion of it this morning. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown away by every wind of new teaching. That's interesting. I was thinking about this. What other religion or form of people that get together for a common cause has different winds of teaching that have come or, or thoughts and ideas that have blown into it over the years to create about 1,200 denominations. I think about that. And I can't imagine Jesus standing there with his disciples before he's ascending and he's telling them, hey, go out and create 1,200 denominations. I don't think that was in the heart of God there. He wanted to go out and to really make Jesus Christ known and, and he wanted the gospel to go out and he wanted disciples and to touch people's lives for the kingdom of God. Not to have all this, these different ideas and break-offs and all the different things, but those things happened in Christianity. And so there's always something that somebody will believe, say, well, I don't believe that, therefore I'm going to go over here. And they try to do that and try to figure out what to do and what to put together. And so there's things that happen and we get tossed around there's a, something new comes up, and we go, oh, that might be it. I'm going to go after that. So there's these, all these things. And then it goes on to say, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. And that's certainly what's happening in today's culture. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Because that's where our focus needs to be on Christ, growing like Christ, becoming more like Christ. Who is the head of his body, the church? Who's the church? We are the church. It's people. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. We all have a place. We all are a part of 
the body of Christ. We all have different parts to it. And I think sometimes the challenge we come up with is we believe that somebody else needs to be like our part. And so if they're not functioning like we function or think the same way, that they're off somehow. And the reality is God created them that way, to think differently, to have a different function, so that when it all comes together, it functions well. So we understand that. It helps the other parts grow so the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So that brings me to this word unity. Unity, basically singleness of purpose or action, something done together in singleness of one mind, one process. In Psalm 133, 1 says this, How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in harmony. And that's good when we were living together doing the same thing. This last week, kind of a big twist in my life and my schedule happened. I found myself called in to serve on a jury, on jury duty. I don't know how many have ever done that. Nobody? One person? A couple of people. Three. So it's an interesting experience. Well, you realize that once you go into deliberation as a jury, the requirement really is that you become unified in your decision. So you have to be all on the same page. Either you find this person, in this case it was a criminal trial, so you find this person guilty or you find them not guilty. But you have to be unanimous in that. You can't have dissension. You can't have, otherwise it would be a mistrial. So in that, I noticed in our deliberation process, we were going through and there was differing opinions and trying to interpret what was the evidence in the law and so forth. And so even though, and I, I remember when we were looking, we went back to the definition of this particular crime, reading it over and over and over again. And it was interesting because there was 11 of us that understood and said, okay, we understand what that is and what, is, what that means and how it applies to this case. But there was one person that said, I can't see it. It doesn't make sense. It, I don't believe that is what we have here. And so there wasn't unity in that. And so there was further discussion, and we, we had to leave for the day, come back the next day, and continue the discussion and so forth until it became a unanimous in unity. And eventually, just based on the evidence and the facts placed there and the written word of what the documents were in regards to the law, we came to a unanimous decision. So there was unity Sometimes in our walk with the Lord and with other people and so forth, there isn't that unity. And so we have questions and we have maybe different opinions or differing feelings. But the heart of God is for us to come in unity because it's not about us and what we want, but it's about him and what he wants. And so when our focus comes off of us and our problem or our feelings, and it goes on him and, Lord, what is it you want? What does your word say and how is your word defined? And then we follow that and we go after that versus what our opinion might be on that particular thing in the word. And because I think there are a lot of opinions and certainly there's portions of the word that probably aren't so well defined that there's that we can say, absolutely, this is what this means. Well, then we don't put all of our focus and effort on that because sometimes we put all of our focus and effort on something that maybe not God didn't want it to be a huge thing, and we make it a huge thing, and then it causes dissension or disunity. There's this word disunity, basically lack of unity, usually resulting from dissension or pulling in different directions. So you're going in different directions, you're not unified together. And another word that I pulled out here was the word discord, and basically is the state of those who disagree and lack harmony, a household full of turmoil and discord. 
And so these are things where we understand what it is when we're not unified and there's not unity. We, we can sense that there's tension and things aren't, they're not going well. There's synonyms and there just would be the word conflict or contention, disharmony, disunity, etc. I was thinking about, I have a, a bike that's kind of designed for, you can ride it on the road or you can go off the road a little bit with it, a, a pedal bike. And so there's a term for the people use called mountain biking. I'm not like big into mountain biking, but I've gone off trails and done some of that. One of the things I noticed was the brakes that you have. So you have a front brake and a back brake. And if you don't use those brakes properly, basically in unity or proper tension on each of those brakes, if you pull and you're going down this hill, kind of a bumpy hill, and you pull the front brake only with no, no tension or no force on the back brake, you find you become disconnected with your bike from your bike pretty easily and you could tumble over because the front wheel locks and the back wants to flip over the top. So it's not, not a unified use of the braking system. And so that's an example of disunity or, or not being in tune with each other. Just like in the body of Christ, if you're a part of the body and you're the foot and somebody else is a hand, they need to be used together in tandem working together to accomplish because if one of them's just left to not be a part of it then <laughs> things like what the mountain bike experience could happen so what i want to do is give us five areas of unity that will govern our life as christians and certainly first and foremost number one is unity with god unity with god and i want to read a couple of scriptures here one of them might not be up on the, the screen but i'll start with first john chapter one Starting in verse 5, 1 John 1, 5, says, This is the message we heard from Jesus, and now declare to you, God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other in the blood of Jesus Christ. His Son cleanses us from all sin. That's unity with God when we are in the light and walking in the light. And so when we have fellowship with God, we're in unity with him. So Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 1, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Those are two things that sometimes are tough for us. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults, because of your love. This is hard sometimes for us because we see each other's faults, especially if you're in a family situation. You know the flaws, right? Whether you're married or you have kids or whatever, you know the flaws of each other. And so it's hard sometimes to, in love, cover those things and understanding what those things are. So that's, I've always felt like this is the thing that the enemy loves to use. And he will go into, especially marriages, and he will come in and attack because there's such familiarity with each other. And you know each other so well. You know the good, the bad, the ugly. You know everything. And what happens is that the enemy uses those things. In the, and maybe let's just say in a work setting, one of the spouses is beginning to build a little bit relationship with somebody of the opposite sex at work. And they, they're finding that somehow that person begins to fill this void that they find is missing in their home because their spouse is criticizing them or, or talking about this particular fault or whatever it is. So it becomes a false sense of love that comes to them from somebody who's showing them 
because that person has no idea the depth of what really goes on in that person's life. So you have this surface thing that feels good, and the reality it isn't because it's the enemy trying to lure away by some false sense of, of security in another person that's paying attention saying, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I would never do that to you. Oh, your wife did that? And so we have to be really careful to guard ourselves and not get out of unity in the home. And it's the same in the church where we get to know each other and things happen. And so we kind of jump on those negative things and we aren't approaching it in the area of love, giving room for faults and giving room for mistakes that we have to be there for each other and say, you know what? I know you made a mistake, but I'm here for you. I'm not giving up on you. I'm not going to allow the enemy to win in this. I'm not going to allow him to tear this relationship apart. Whatever the scripture is telling us, allow for each other's faults because of our love. It goes on to say, make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Peace is a key word. If we have peace in our life, things go a lot better when we don't have peace, when we have turmoil. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and the Father of all who is over all, in all, and living through all. There's one God, one purpose, one hope that we have, and that's Jesus Christ. And when we focus on that and we're in unity on that, these other things... They're going to happen in our life. But if we can focus on caring for each other and knowing, you know what? I know that you've had this fault. You made this mistake. It's okay because I love you. God loves you. And he has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for your life. And we're going to get through this. And we're going to make it through together. We must agree that God is our source and we submit to his lordship. Because that's the challenging part. Because, you know, it's the word submit, it's easy to say. And then it's easy to say I'm submitted to the Lord until you're challenged in the area of submission. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, well, I don't agree with what God says here because it's then our own will gets in the way. And the same can be put into place, whether it's your employment or a parent or even in a church situation with a pastor. Yeah, I'm submitted to my pastor until something comes to test that. And then there's reasons why you say that you don't need to be submitted. And so it's interesting concept here. So if we're in unity with God and we're obeying his word, then the product of that should be that we become in unity with each other in that if we're obedient to his word, as such as scriptures like we just read. If we don't obey his word, we really can't be in unity with him, and it's hard then to be in unity with others. The second one is unity with yourself. This one's interesting, unity with yourself. So are the decisions that you're making right now in your life, things that you're doing, choices you're making now, are they in alignment with where you want your life to go in the future. And sometimes we have disunity. We don't know that. So we're do what we're doing right now in our life can affect where we're going in our future. And so unless we're lined up in unity with our decisions and what we're doing, our actions now with where we believe God wants to take us, then we can be in disunity there with ourself in that sense. When we look in the mirror, do we see who we see? Is that the person we want to be, who we're wanting to portray? If you're conflicted with who you are as yourself, then it's more difficult to be in unity with other people. The next one is, number three, is unity with your family. Many of us have family of some sort in our life. First of all, if you're married, you need to be in unity with your spouse. That's very important, your husband or your wife. And the unity in that, it comes in a lot of ways. And it would take forever to go through all those things. 
But there can be examples of even things like if you have children, you be in unity and, and how you raise your kids. It's important that you're unified in that. You may not 100% agree on how it should happen, but you need to be, when you step out of your bedroom and you are dealing with your children, you need to be unified in that. Because what you don't want to say is, well, your dad said you couldn't do this, but I'm going to let you do it. Then all of a sudden we've got trouble, don't we? Because there's disunity and it just doesn't work. And how you handle things. So it's important to be unified in that. Your kids follow your lead. If you're somebody who complains and whines, complains all the time, they're going to probably whine and complain all the time. If your kids hear you complain about other people, they're just going to pick up on that and they're going to carry that. They'll complain. But if you're the type of person that in the midst of all of whatever it is, you're saying, you know what, there might be stuff going on, but God is still a good God. And we have things to, to accomplish that God's given us to accomplish. And we're not going to let the things around us affect what God has for us. We're going to do this. God's given us a dream, and we're going to go after this. And we're not going to allow the enemy to steal this from us. And so if we have that change, that attitude of more positive versus focusing on the negative, focus on the positive. So in our family situations, you know, the, a quick way to, to squash a child's dream about their future is simply tell them, you know, let's say, I want to be a doctor, Dad. Oh, you'll never be a doctor. You're not smart enough. Really? <laughs> That's a quick way to squash a dream of a child. And so we, we have to come in and we fan the flame. Oh, that's awesome. You want to be a doctor. Well, start talking about how we can get there and accomplish that. How can we help you? How can we see that dream fulfilled? And so we don't want to squash the dreams of our kids. And, and so it's all in the attitude, you know, knowing the enemy might be against us, but we're going to accomplish this with God because with God, all things are possible. Amen. And then number four, unity with your family. First Corinthians 1.10 says this. I appeal to you, brethren and sisters, by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church, rather be in one mind, united in thought and purpose. Again, no divisions in the church. That's the thing that the enemy loves to do. He loves to, to bring division, whether it's in the family, in the church especially. If he can come in and bring division, then he begins to win these battles. And so he can pit people against each other. And we have to recognize that and be able to say, ha, oh, that's the enemy. We're not allowing the enemy to win in this situation. That's what he's saying. No divisions, rather be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. And then reflecting back to the other scripture, give room for mistakes and faults. We need to have grace in that area for each other. Because for the grace of God, if it wasn't for the grace of God in my life, your life, where would we be? And we have to think through that. And what has God saved you out of and saved you from? And what has he forgiven you from? Of? And so those, those things are important. I think in order for us to maintain favor with God, it's important that we have that unity within the church body. And so it's important that we speak positively about things. And you may see things you don't like, negative things, whatever. But it's not a, that's not the license to go and speak negatively about that if you have a problem with somebody and you feel in the church go to them share them but bringing other people in and involved in that and beginning to speak negative is not what the lord wants in our life that's what the enemy loves to do he's like oh i'll take that situation and he'll feed into that so we need to be unified in our understanding our purpose here is to share love of christ with people is to see his kingdom extended and so our focus, again, is on him. It's on Jesus Christ. It's on his word. It's on 
seeing people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That, that's really our purpose, and I say it many times. To love God and to love people is so important for us. And if we can do that, if we can love God well and we can love people well, man, that, that's a recipe for incredible things to happen, for a harvest in the kingdom of God. It's not about us. It's not about City Life Church. It's not. It's about him, but he's chosen to include us and to bring us into his plan because he loves to partner with his church. We're his bride. He wants relationship with us. He wants to go on the journey with us. He wants us to serve together and do this together. And the ones who we need to focus on are the ones who are out there who are hurting in this world, who need a savior, who, who need to have the love of Christ, the hope of Jesus Christ shared with them. And so we need to take the focus off of our own selves and our own woe is me and look on what is the heart of Christ? What is the heart of God? And what is it he's wanting to do? Then the fifth one is unity with the community. Not that I was trying to make that rhyme or anything, but it did. Unity with the community. This is, again, servant evangelism in our community. It's how we can serve in our community and find a way to serve in a capacity that we can become a part of what is happening in our community, become a part of that, and sharing the love of Christ in that element. And so it's the quickest way to connect is going and connecting, finding a way to connect, finding a place to serve. Looking at how do we do our servant evangelism is just serving, and Jesus was the greatest example of serving. And so how can we serve our community and offer hope that God's unfailing love is there for them? And so we need to be a little bit flexible in sometimes our how we do things and stuff. It's important for us to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And it's important for us as a church that we do have not only we care about the sheep that are here and pour into those and, and see them discipled, but also being able to make a positive difference in our community for Christ and to see the people uh, have an outward focus and see their needs met as well. And I can't help but just continue to, to focus on the heart of God for the lost. And for us to be able to do that effectively, we need to be in unity as we go out and as we, as we talk about Christ, we should have, be using our terminology and the things that we say should be about lifting up the name of Jesus and, and exalting the name of the Lord and finding opportunity to offer hope in those situations and those challenges that people face. And so there are different methods that we use, and that's the cool thing. But the message that we have, that we've been given, doesn't change. The message doesn't change, but our methods do. And so as we move through and, and figure out how is it that God wants us to, to be effective in that, what does the church look like? What does the church look like moving forward, and, and how does God want to use us as a church in that regard? The contacts that I have with so many different people, whether in the church or in the community, I just sense that the enemy is really trying to ramp up his tools of destruction. And I think it's important that we are unified in that we're praying together for people. Like you see things maybe posted on our Facebook prayer page, things like that. And we're praying and rallying together with situations that are coming up. Whether people are going in for surgery or they're having a challenge in their life that they're just difficult for them to overcome, whatever that is. But we know that God is able, he's faithful, and he has a great plan ahead. And so when we're all unified together in seeing that accomplished, great things can happen. There's challenges, for sure, that people are faced with 
even in our church, and that, that we're praying for and wanting to see miraculous things happen and see whether it's health issues or physical, spiritual, emotional, the different things. But at the same time, I can see God is birthing things that are incredible and amazing. Opportunities for people to grab and say, man, God's given me this dream. He's given me this vision to do this and begin to see, to fan the flame and encourage those people who are pursuing things that God has called them to do with the idea and the mindset that we're going to reach people for Christ and we do it the way that God's showed us and how to do this. It's meeting a need, meeting more than one need, meeting their need. Maybe they have a need that you can identify, but also there's a need for Christ. They may not be able to identify yet, but it could come in our meeting a need that's very obvious to people. I felt like I just wanted to encourage us this morning because this is probably one of the biggest challenges and it's talked about so often in Scripture about how we govern our lives in, as Christians in the area of unity. And so it's important that we move forward in that and not allow the enemy to rob us of that, what he's placed in our life and in our heart, and understanding the scriptures and the clarity of that to be in unity and to give grace and to be there for each other and to be supportive of each other when we're going through challenges and difficulties. Uh, would you stand this morning? We're going to conclude here and dismiss it here in a few moments. Lord, I just pray right now for each person, God. I know that everybody's faced with different challenges in their life. And Lord, I know that you are there in the midst of that. And Lord, we need to be reminded from time to time that we are your chosen people. We are the church. We are your bride. We are the ones that you've said, I want you in my family. God, so many times we look at maybe reasons why we try to disqualify ourselves or don't feel like we're part of your family. But God, we, we've been adopted into your family. You've, you've called us, Lord, to be children called us to to serve Lord I just pray for all of us that we would be in unity first of all with you also with ourselves and with our family and the community and the church and different things Lord that you've placed us in the environments you've placed us in that we could be in unity in that so that we can focus on making Christ known. There's so many people that need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ that are hurting. And Lord, you've called us to be the, the hands and the feet and the voice and the ears. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 